You're listening to the Just Giants podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I am your host, the Football Grump. With me, as always, is Mike, the Cranky Fan, and it is finally Monday night after a long <laughs> stretch of days since the Giants lost to the 49ers, 30-12. to 12. Cranky, where were you Thursday night? Uh, I was on the couch with the Cranky Wife watching the Cranky Bowl, which unfortunately made me very cranky. Um, didn't go anywhere for that one. Uh, was down in Gainesville this weekend to see the Florida game and stuff, so the traveling continues. But, you know, between the Thursday night game and traveling all weekend and coming back here, it seems like that game was four weeks ago. Like, I feel like we're coming off a bye and regrouping. So maybe that's not a bad thing, the way that kind of played out. Well, I think that's what we're hoping for from, like, uh, the perspective of the team, to, to be as far away from this game as possible. Um, I was down in North Carolina, hung out with one Tim Coffee for half this game, and then hey. for several drinks after. Um, so I had to rewatch this game twice because it was not super fresh in my mind, um, but it's fresh now. And, um, you know, I don't know. This is kind of an interesting – well, I don't know. I, I guess, like, if you had told me, like, injury-wise and the short week and everything else – I'm not super surprised by the score. Just the overall, the score, the game, the loss, not surprising, right? The one thing I, I did find somewhat surprising is just like a weird takeaway from this game. Is San Francisco like a dirty piece of shit team? In one game, we had punches thrown right in front of the cameras. We had... Uh, DJ Davidson was thrown down like four seconds after a play. He remains injured. I don't know if we have any news from that, but it looked like he dislocated his elbow. Uh, and then we had Greenlaw knock the shit out of Darius Slayton like eight seconds after a play. I'd never had the impression this was like a particularly dirty team, but that was somewhat of a, I don't know. That was a surprise to me. Yeah, I mean... Seems like every team at some point they lose their cool or they're just they get so cocky and arrogant within a game or within the course of a season where it gets a little, you know, echo to the whistly. Um, they seem pretty aggressive. They seem like a team that's really, you know, border borderlining on cocky. I mean, kind of not to the level that Philly is or anything, but uh, I, I could definitely see your point on that. So. The fact you threw the right that that one like right cross and didn't get thrown out of the game for it was pretty ridiculous and that kind of you know always get, always sends conspiracy cranky like with his radar up like you know they don't want they want certain teams to succeed more than others so uh, I don't want to necessarily go down that path um, no 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 but no, no, but, no. but but I'm, I mean like I'm halfway I'm halfway kidding but it's like no no I mean it's pretty egregious and also. It's it's fair to say that it would have drastically changed the complexion of the game. I mean, it's Trent Williams. That was yeah. not, you know, backup, you know, linebacker four on a yeah. special teams play. So, 
Um, you know, I, do I think it matters at the end? No, not really. Uh, just a weird thing that I didn't think of this team that, I, you know, maybe is in the back of my mind now. Um, I, I don't think that any Giants fan is going to want to remember this game. Um, more than anything, you know, this... This remains the tale of the two different ways that we're going to be looking at the Giants team this year. And there's the how it ended and how it looks. You know what I mean? How it ended, this score, the loss, could have told you that. Probably did say that in the... in the uh, No, we did say that in the pens and pencils thing. We knew this was a loss. Um, but how it looked, this game looked like shit. And not on like the side of the ball. I really expected it to look e- exceptionally bad. Um, which side of the ball do you want to start on? Um, well, let's start with the offense. Okay. Um, so the offense is gen- w- was now running for its second week without Andrew Thomas. That is probably the most catastrophic blow you could name. And if you could name an arguable one that isn't Daniel Jones, it would be Saquon Barkley. So this is their first week without Saquon Barkley. And in addition to that... They again had to play without another offensive lineman as Ben Bredesen was out in the concussion protocol. So now you have an offensive line that consists of Josh Zudu, Shane Lemieux, John Michael Schmitz, Marcus McKeithen, and Evan Neal. Certainly not the way we had this drawn up like three weeks ago. <laughs> no, um, no, no. So the, I mean, it's, the whole thing's been thrown to the wind kind of already. And the offensive game plan, I, I, I don't think... It's hard for me to take fault with it. I know like everyone wants, and especially me, wants this downfield passing attack, but it's week three. You're going up against a really dynamic, really aggressive defense. My mind is, look, do you want to be the Jets? Do you want your starting quarterback out for the year in, in this early in the season? You know... They they were probably the only other team with like a shittier offensive line than us, and that's where they are. Uh, so I have no problem with calling Max Protect pretty much every time we have to throw the ball. You know, not really having much of a running game. I think we were kind of one dimensional to begin with, but you know, you don't have your starting running back. I don't really like Daniel Jones doing too many designed runs in this game. I don't know. I didn't have a whole lot to take away from the offense in this game other than I'm giving Daniel Jones a a fart. I'm giving Daniel Jones a fart for this game. Um, It's a tough situation. I don't want, you know, he didn't play particularly awful. But in situations like this, this is a game where he needs to step up and be on the money. And he wasn't on the money. That's it. 22 of 32 for only 137 yards. You know, he made a couple of goofy decisions outside of the pocket. He didn't navigate the pocket particularly well in this game. You know, some of his throws were a little bit off. The timing was a little bit off. I know it's a harsh criticism, but it was a. This is a game he's going to have to just do better, and he he looked less like himself than usual. So he's getting a fart from me. Other than that, I didn't have a ton to talk about uh, from the offense. Yeah, I I hear your the criticisms, but I. To me, he gets a pass. I mean, I think at this point, if he's not seeing ghosts or, or hearing footsteps on almost every play, I think it, you know, it's going to start happening really soon. I This offensive line is really bad right now, and we know that. And I think it's really just kind of a survival mode just to get until these guys start getting healthy. And, you know, 
not having Saquon Barkley makes you more one-dimensional potentially. So I think this is more just we have to survive these next couple of weeks. And you know, Daniel Jones is he's our franchise quarterback, but he is not someone you know like a Patrick Mahomes who's going to create something out of nothing and you know give you a chance to win just on his own merits. I think Daniel Jones is a a quarterback in a good system could be very effective and be a pretty good quarterback. And I think without an offensive line, you know, without, which I, we, we, we debated this a little bit last week, I think saying that, you know, I think this team is built, you know, primarily around the running game first, establishing the running game. And that opens up your, their passing game more. And without Barkley, it's not going to happen. And without an offensive line, that's not going to happen equal either. So I'm going to, I'm going to be a lot more kinder to Daniel Jones than I would be under under normal circumstances. Um, so I'm going to give a, a, a get out of jail free card for for Daniel Jones, where if he had a pretty good, if the normal offensive line was playing and he had all his weapons and he had a performance like that, I could see a fart coming his way. But I'm a little more, I'm a little more benevolent right now. Yeah, I mean that that's all fair. I'm not I'm not trying to I don't think he is Patrick Mahomes that he's going to elevate and and make something out of nothing. But he didn't yeah. make anything out of what, what what he had. Um you know, he overthrew Waller on a last chance drive on third and long. Had him, missed him. He just missed him. Uh and you know, I'm I am 50% on the, you know, Waller is the big franchise, you know, got the 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 big trade acquisition. He was supposed to be the engine. He could jump you know what I mean? But at the same time, he was open and he was overthrown. And this is, you know, if it, the, the offense is going to run through Daniel Jones, whether the offensive line is fully there, fully not, you know, it doesn't matter. The offense is going to run through him and he missed him. He, he, the pick at the end, while it was bounced up in the air and whatever, that pick happened because he stared that route down. He just looked a little out of sync in this game. And this is a game where he needed to be on the money. He needed to play his best game and he didn't. Um, so I, I didn't come into this game, you know, they could have lost, you know, still, and he could have not gotten a fart, you know, it's, it's not fully on him. I'm not trying to say that, but, uh, he, he didn't even play his best in this game. You know, we've, I've seen him in similar offensive line situations against similar defenses. This is not new for Daniel Jones. So, but it's, it's fair to give him the pass. Yeah. I think Waller gets a fart. Interesting. Go on. Uh, he is in all, you know, for all intents and purposes, he is wide receiver one on this team. He has to be, he has to be better than good. And I don't know. I thought he was very underwhelming. I thought, you know, there are balls that, okay, that should be good catches that he needs to catch. And I think we really are counting on him to be that guy who, He's going to have the majority of receptions on this team. He's the guy I need over the middle, the guy I need to get the first downs, and I just need more out of him. So, I mean, this is grading on a curve, but I'm giving him a fart. He, he needs to be better. That's interesting. I, I didn't think he played that badly, but I have an honorable mention that's not a fart. Uh, is Paris Campbell. Does this dude just only, like, fall over after he catches the ball? This is, like, the most <laughs> no-yak dude I've ever seen. He'll be like a route out of the backfield, just trips and falls. And I don't know if like stuff in the flat, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, was he supposed to turn inside? Was the pass behind him? It's kind of hard to tell. But I I thought that this dude was going to be like taking stuff up the sideline, taking slants across the middle. So far, I've just seen him taking things to the dirt. And uh, yeah. 
that's pretty disappointing because that's okay. I mean, if he's just going to be pretty much a running play out to the outside, that's not very exciting. Uh, I thought no. he would just be more. And than it's that. not helpful with this offense either right now. When he this offense, we don't need we don't need Daniel Jones to drop back, wait for seven seconds, throw the ball fifty yards downfield, look for a wide open guy. I mean, we need to catch guys in space, in stride, you know, in, on slants, things to kind of create something out of nothing. Just, you know, running to the sticks and turning around is not going to do it with this offense right now. Um, we have to be able to generate you know, the potential for big plays and chunk plays and, and explosive plays. And he's not going to give you any explosive plays what he's doing right now. So I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like one of my biggest gri- – it's it's one of my biggest gripes in general. It's just guys who always seem to be sliding or jumping. Just get You get no yak when you do that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Just frustrating. I had more expectations for him. I really thought he was going to be – you know, there's still time. But um, – I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts? I mean, I mean, anything in particular with the O line stand? I mean, to me, I think Josh Azudu is playing a little bit better than I expected. Uh, well, he's definitely playing better than I expected. Shane Lemieux is just god awful. I think Shane Lemieux might be worse now than when he came into the league. I mean, how long has it been since he's played? Like three years? I don't know. Yeah, maybe I mean, it could it's, be. It's been a long, long time, and it's just he's like. He's the cockroach on this team. He just survives. He survives coaching staff changes. He survives all these different things. And uh, he's just a body. And not a very good body who does anything well. Um, just seems like he bounces off guys in pass protection. It's not even necessarily the same mistake every time. He's got some clunky feet. But it just when he throws a punch, it's like he just bounces backwards and opens up a lane yeah. for pass rushers. It's awful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean— I, 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 I knew – we knew coming in this was going to be a very difficult defense. We knew – you know, we thought he'd be running for his life the entire game. I mean, it felt – it didn't feel as bad as Dallas. I mean, did you get that perception? Like this is, the, you know, just continuation of the Dallas game or – No, no, not at yeah. all. I, I, in the – the way this game went, right, uh, this, this could have been worse than Dallas. The way mm-hmm. it looked, the score, right? Don't you agree? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, uh, I think that – uh, their offense scares me more than Dallas's does, and it could, you know, could have gotten really ugly. But and their defense—I don't think there's too much of a difference between the Dallas defense and the Niners' defense. Mm-mm. So, no. and and we're, we're severely more injured in this game than we were in that first game. Even though Andrew Thomas' injury happened almost immediately, I mean, the yeah. only thing that worked better in this favor was that it wasn't pouring rain in this game. Yeah. Uh, so you know. In some ways, this game was a little bit more encouraging. And, I mean, shit, I was right there in it throughout the third quarter. It was like a one-score game. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know that— It didn't look was, great. It didn't look yeah. great, but they were still with it. I mean, it was one broken tackle away from being tied. So I, I couldn't—that how how that, that feeling escaped that Cowboys game after about three minutes. So, yeah, well, that, I mean, yeah, it, that, was, that was ridiculous, yeah. It looked this, way better than that. This felt worse than the score. And I'm not saying we felt, I felt miserable about it, but it was just like I know the score is relatively close, but I never felt for one minute that we didn't come back and win this game. Okay, so I, I want, are you ready to transition to defense? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here because you transitioned right into what I was saying, th- like thinking. This right. is my main point. Um, overall, I don't think that this game was really – 
horrible given the hamstrings that they had. I was more frustrated with the defense than I was with the offense. But in watching this with a cooler head, um, okay, so, so I gave a fart to the tackling. Just in general, the entire defense, the tackling is just horrendous in this game. It's not the only reason that the Giants lost this game. It's not the only reason that they struggled on defense. But it's the most embarrassing aspect from this game and and that's important i'm gonna like circle back to that at the end here but like you know watching the game it was like the thing that i couldn't get out of my head no matter what else i tried to think about no matter what else i tried to take good or bad from or try to watch something else i couldn't just stop thinking about how fucking awful the tackling looked it's not the first (laughs) week either you know now that i've watched it with a cooler head just before i can see that mostly not entirely but mostly this was due to a really really young secondary a lot of these missed tackles were due to like hawkins banks holmes like these and it's it's not because they're bad tacklers it's because they're still adjusting to the speed of the game they're a step behind you know getting to the spot where they need to be they're a little bit tentative in where they're trying to go they're not they're not coming in comfortable confident and aggressive they are good tacklers. And we've seen Banks be aggressive and confident, but a lot of the bad tackling had to do with that. You know, somebody who has been in the league for a while is Xavier McKinney. I didn't think that he had bad tackling in this game. I thought there was a couple that did, wouldn't he get trucked. He had – he had. okay, so hang on. Let me, let me get through this. So most of the bad tackling is Hawkins and Banks. Pinnock has no excuse. He's he's young, but he's not super young first year into this. And he was the most egregious. But he is still young. You know, Darnay Holmes is another one. A lot of that is experience and stuff, you know, and, and getting used to the speed of the game. Xavier McKinney and Micah McFadden are two that had one or two plays where they had a missed tackle but am I really going to hold them in the same category as the multiple missed tackles by the younger guys when theirs were against George Kittle and you know Debo? Like they, were, it is San Francisco. So I mean, I know where you're going to go, but th- to me, there is a huge. At a certain point, do you expect me? It, let's just say this game ended thirty to twenty nine, and it was really close. And I was like, well, Xavier McKinney missed a tackle on George Kittle. Is that altogether surprising? And tell you that could have happened? Of course that could have happened. They're two really good players on two really good teams. They broke tackles. I'm not going to hold every broken tackle to the exact same standard. There were four or five plays where there was just fucking pathetic technique, really, really awful, uh, uh, just sad trying to go after the ball instead of trying to make the tackle. Four or five guys hanging on to Debo Samuel being dragged like he's Mark Bavaro. You know, I'm I'm not going to hold that kind of shit into the same standard as just, you know, bang, bang, and he slipped out of his hands. Uh, and so after re-watching the game, I think, and maybe I missed something, but Xavier McKinney, I gave a star. I thought he had six tackles. Of all the people in the secondary, he was the most reliable, and he was the one in position to make plays, had several passes defensed. And Micah McFadden, too, eight tackles, four tackles for loss, had a pass defense on McCaffrey in the end zone to prevent a touchdown, but also he wasn't perfect. He was a little bit open, uh, off in coverage, allowing some completions, and he missed one tackle that I saw. That's my—, my but, the, but the problem is, is how embarrassing those clips look. It, it drags everything down. It's not just a fan thing. I mean, that's, that's for other teams. Players see that. They know that. 
uh, and, and at a certain point, by the way, I'm pretty sure San Francisco was scheming things for Banks and Hawkins to be in the position to make the tackle. They were kind of banking oh, on that. Of course. I mean, especially now there's a little tape on these guys. You know, the, 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 the secret is going to be out around the league. You know, I'm sure with, you know, Seattle's reviewing tape of it and Miami. Oh, my God. Miami's probably licking their chops when, when, when we face them. In, uh, I'm not in ready to think about that. <laughs> Well, at least you're not going down there for it like I am. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, uh, to me, the bigger problem you know, is tackling was also just, you know, again, the the lack of a pass, you know, stopping the run with, with this defense. And, uh, you know, I, I, know, I don't want to be alarmist and I want to be the guy who asked that question, but um, how much of all of this to you is on – Players with their talent, players with execution, and coaching. Broken tackles, I'm going to put entirely on players, always. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, um, I, I I know uh, if you want to get after coaching for pass rush, um, I think you can make some argument for that, maybe a little bit. But, I mean, all of these things, like I said, I rewatch these. Some of these are just players. They're two really good teams. You know, this is a very, very good offense, and they're a very I, 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 physical I downhill one. I'm not ready to say we're a really good team. No. I'm sorry. No, no I, I'm, hang on. Hang on. There's going to be instances where good players miss tackles because they are playing against other really good players. That's what I'm trying to say. Gotcha. Then there are other things where there's just players not making good tackles, and we had both of those in this game. That's yeah. – I'm, I'm not going to put any of that on Wink Martindale. It's not his job – I mean, and also, like, you guys are NFL players. This is not, like, tackling drills and how to tackle. This is no longer, like, a coachable thing. You either are in the mood to tackle today or you are not. All right, I'm going to name drop for a second here. So um, in Gainesville this weekend, I had about an hour-long conversation with Brandon Spikes. Um, you remember him, right? Linebacker for the Gators, played for uh, played for New England, played for Buffalo. Yep. He he hung out at our uh, our tailgate tent after the game. He had the uh, the poked eye in the pile in Florida. Exactly. Yep. Right. 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 Gator legend. Um, so he hung out at our tent after the game. We talked for about an hour about all sorts of things, and he said something which I always say, and to hear an NFL player play this, say the same thing just made me like feel like self validation. Coaches may coach, but players have to play. You know, players are and. You said the most exact thing I always say is coaches aren't playing video games. They can put people in the right position, but the players have to play. So when you see something like your to your point of, you know, the guy missed a tackle. Oh, that's bad coaching. No, 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 no. You have to play. At the end of the day, it's the players have to play. And, um, you know, we can argue, you know, or are the guys put in the right position to make plays or something? I, I think – I think a lot of this is just that this, the, the overall talent level still has to get better on, on, on this defense too. Um, I'm a little concerned about up front what's going on, but I, I'm not ready to say, you know, to question Wink Martindale or, or question what we're trying to do defensively. I just think these guys just aren't doing their jobs in, in, in a lot of the aspects. So I think in this game up front, was actually not bad. I think this is a far cry from what we saw in the first two games. Like Michael McFadden having four tackles for loss uh, in the run game. Uh, no, three three in the run game, one in the pass game. 
that I think that has to do with the defensive line starting to do their job a little bit more um, responsibly, and Mike McFadden jumping the right gaps and things like that. Most of the missed tackles happened at the second level and on the outside. So in this particular game, up until the fourth quarter when this game got blown open anyway, um, and the defense at that point was gassed, they they were controlling the running game between the tackles pretty pretty well. Um, certainly much on a different stratosphere from what they had done the first two games. Not even close to the same. But then it fell apart later. But it was it was the second level. Jason Pinnock was pretty bad, both with tackling angles and actual tackling. Trey Hawkins and Deontay Banks started getting targeted. Even Adoree Jackson had a couple plays, but you know, not really known for being some physical downhill guy. Even Bobby O'Karake. But it was mostly them at the second level that were kind of screwing up. Um, I thought that I, I mimic some of the same concerns you have about the defensive line just continuing to look average at best with pass rush generation. I know that teams are throwing the ball in like three steps to avoid this the pressure from the inside on the Giants, but it's not cutting it. Uh, something else yeah. has to happen. Um. They had a particularly bad time with third down, and if it wasn't missed tackles, it was uh, penalties. Yeah. Um, you, you can't give teams, especially teams like San Francisco, which have you know long drives, and you know you have the opportunity to get off the field. You have to get off the field because, like to your point, by the fourth quarter, this defense was gassed, mm-hmm, and they yeah. were washed. And then once you're washed, it's over. You know you. You're gonna, you're not gonna be in the right position. You're not gonna have the right technique, and, you know. And these teams are gonna lean on you, and they're gonna, you know, put the hammer on you. So, gotta find a way to get off the field on third down, and you know, prevent these long, lumbering drives from happening. Still no turnovers on defense. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's bubbling under their skin. I think they just need to get their dick wet with that one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just as soon as they get one, get it off their back. And then they can just play a little bit looser. That'll probably help. I mean, they have other problems too. It's, you know, this isn't. I think this is a young secondary that is coming around, and they're not getting a lot of help from the offense. Um, you know, it was questionable what the worst thing to worry about coming into this year was either going to be two rookie corners or it was going to be the offensive like line. Yeah. And it was the line immediately after injury. You know, it, it took all of like 10 plays for Andrew Thomas to get hurt. And, um, you know, after that, it went immediately to the rookie corners. I mean, if, if the yeah. offense isn't generating 12 play drives at any point in the game that's going to give the defense sufficient rest at any point or, or putting up points at any point, at no point has this defense been able to play with a lead, by the way, like ever. They were, they were blown out in the first game. They had to score all of their points in the second half with a game-winning field goal uh, in week two. And in this game, they played from behind the entire game. I think they were tied at one point, 3-3 or something, maybe. They were 9 of 16 on third down. Um, we were 3 of 12. We were – I mean, we were bad yeah, on offense. Yeah, the offense is bad. Also that, that also hurts your – that hurts your defense too, and it gets them on the field longer. Also, when exactly. you can't sustain anything at all. But you know, again, we can we can give a bit of a pass to that just the situation the offense is in. I, I think in my head personally, thinking about the, the the corners, where 
I went into the season knowing we're going to have young guys back there, and it's going to be a roller coaster. They're going to have some, they're going to have some nice plays, but there's going to be there's going to be periods of struggle, and they're going to have to grow. There'll be growing pains, and I think after the Dallas game, and I'm not saying after the Dallas game I'm giving up on the season, but I think my tolerance level for those guys back there is even larger than it was before the season. I think it's kind of like a, you know, the, all right, this is the year that they're going to get rookie-itis out of their system. They're going to learn the speed, the pace of this game, uh, you know, how to they, – they can't get away with things like hand checks. They're going to get called for penalties on it. So let's figure that out this year one. But I, I, am, I am a lot more tolerant of that and a lot more like – I'm not banging my head against the wall after each game like, oh, these guys suck. We got to get some help for them or anything. It's just, I'm okay with that. Um, you know, the other point, obviously, with the with the line is really nothing. <laughs> I'm not even sure what the solution is at this point. We knew it was a problem coming in. You, there's, you know, linemen don't grow on trees. We just can't just pick one up in the middle of a season. This is kind of the, you know, we could try to mix and match and do what we can do, but this, you know, I don't know. It's. Uh, it's tough. You know, it's one tough. thing yeah. one thing I don't think anyone is talking about with the defense too is what's also holding them back is not having a legitimate slot corner. I, I think that Adoree Jackson becomes less of what he is when you move him inside. And then you have Trey Hawkins playing the outside, who's a green rookie, who's a late round draft pick. You know, it's the best combination of corners they have on the roster, putting those three on the field. But it it cheapens what you have with Adoree Jackson, and there's a weakness out on the outside, and another rookie out there who's, you know, played at Old Dominion before the NFL. So, right. you know, if they had, you know, I, I I'm a big fan of Aaron Robinson. But let's forget that for a minute. Let's just pretend that they have like some solid slot corner. You can keep Adoree Jackson on the outside. You can let Trey Hawkins mix in with Deontay Banks or become a dime corner or something like that. Uh, let him get his his reps and come up to the speed of the game with time and confidence. And you know you have a you know obviously you have one better corner on the field is a better defense. Doug Rump, yeah, I yeah, but I, it's a specific position that I don't think people are really talking about. It we you know we get less of a Dory Jackson by him having to play the slot. It yeah, sucks. Yeah, but I think you know yeah you know, we're. You know, next year and the year after and the year after that, we're going to be thankful that we, we kind of lived through this season of those, of those guys taking their lumps and getting their reps in, though, I think. so. Yeah, especially Deontay Banks. I, I think you can really see it with him. Once he's done thinking and he's just playing, I think we're going to see it with him. Yeah, so I'm, in that way, I'm still having the one foot in the win now, one foot in the rebuild mode. And I think this is the one where I'm showing the most tolerance for those guys back there. And also, we haven't seen anything really egregiously bad. Like, oh my God, that guy's a sieve back there. He's toast. He's we like, haven't seen any like just completely blown coverages or anything. Yeah, like that. yeah, we're seeing stuff that's like rookie shit. It's just rookie yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I mean, that's that's okay. So yeah, um, I overall the way I felt from this game. I don't know if you're at this point too, but overall, you know, it sucks and. It, the taste in your mouth from the bad tackling and the fact that that is such a repeatable clip that you can see on ESPN as B-roll, you know, or, or just you know the still shot of it for an article in the Athletic or whatever, it's frustrating because it it 
puts the worst and ugliest part of that game to the front and center of a game that they probably weren't going to win anyway, that I legitimately thought was going to look worse for longer than it actually did in the full content. I just rewatched the game, so you know I don't have any delusions of how good it looked. It didn't look good. I really just thought it was going to look like dog shit. And um, see, you know, what bothers me more, that stuff doesn't bother me. That's What bothers me is that you know, the talking heads and all the things makes it starting to make this again a referendum on Daniel Jones. You know, I, I, I think that, that bothers me. Um, but I, I don't really, I'm not really worried about that because there's going to be opportunity for Daniel Jones in this season to shut that up. And if, if people can take a game where if, if people can't take this game in the context for what it was in which we did our pens and pencils forecast, assuming everyone was help, healthy and we're positive we were going to lose this game. I I can't get too upset, but the thing like it's just frustrating to me that it's like the dumbest, most fundamental football thing that was the ugliest in this game in tackling. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's, that's interesting. We have different perspectives on this because to me, even like. Yeah, I wasn't watching, you know, on Friday morning of uh, the you know, Sports Center highlights, and, and, I, and I wasn't on Twitter to see all the memeable things about missed tackles and stuff. And those are just like whatever, you know. I, I don't like when narratives start forming. And again, the Daniel Jones narrative is starting up again, and I think, you know, eighty-five percent of that is not his fault, and that's what's frustrating. People are just getting lazy and falling back on old tropes about him, you know. Every time there's every time there's an interception, oh Daniel Jones interception again. When what is it? Three of the four he's thrown this year literally bounce off somebody's hands. I mean that makes him a turnover machine. I'm gonna I'm gonna put that interception on him in this game because he stared down the route and three guys jumped it. So, um, but also I mean it was like a garbage time pick. So when I put it on right. him, it's like they weren't driving down the field and scoring three times at that point. So yeah, the picks on him, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. They were taking chances at that point. Yeah, and even just you know some of the B-roll film you're talking about of him, just like you know, you could see clearly there's a uh, he's got no time to ru- do anything. Like you see him just running to get running for his life. I mean that's not Daniel Jones' fault. Um, and I don't know how much narratives really mean for anything. I mean you know this front office knows what they have. They've invested in the guy. He's not going anywhere. Um, I just don't want segments of this fan base to start turning on the guy when really most of it isn't his fault yeah i i did have one issue and this is sort of a coaching issue but eric gray dropped a punt in this game it was gifted a penalty of kick catch interference um he was barely touched whether that's the rule or not i don't really know but Still gifted because he wasn't touched and he dropped it, and it just got me thinking. Like the coach, they made a they made a roster mistake. I know it sucks that you spent the draft pick, but they keeping. I I don't know what the mistake is. I don't know if the mistake is keeping Gary Brightwell or if the mistake is keeping Eric Gray. But if you're going three running backs, going Barkley, Breida, uh, sorry, going four running backs with Barkley, Breida, Brightwell. And Gray, you screwed up because Eric Gray this year, right now, offer apparently offers us nothing because he's not good at special. He's not even he's not even functional at special teams, let alone good. He he, he offers zero special teams value. And right now, it's pretty clear 
Jayshon Corbin was a better roster option in the event of an unlucky but not far from unlikely Barkley injury. And it took all of two games for it to be in a high ankle sprain. We don't know how long he's going to be out. Brightwell is the most mid-tier, whatever, Big Ten-style plotter running back when it comes to playing on offense, whatever he may be on special he's teams. Your, he's also your third team third-string running back, and sure. that's fine. And, that, and that's fine for – right, but you made a conscious decision to keep him on the roster for special teams value over someone who is a better running back between the tackles. Well, remember, I made the comment after I think the second preseason game, I'm like – is this guy going to make the roster because he is so bad at pass protection? Yeah. So oh, yeah. If the, if the guy can't pass block, if the guy gives you nothing on special teams, what, is, they, what, what, what is he? They, they, they nice don't trust the him. Room? They don't trust him with any offensive snaps, even though he can run the ball reasonably well. I think he, he has a package of plays if you're, you know, whatever – actually able to run the ball for whatever reason but he can't pass block for shit so they won't put him on offensive plays so they've kept him around just to keep him on the roster they put him on special teams he can't do anything with it it's it's frustrating and there's even a kickoff that he caught but you could see it bounced up and he had to like double catch it it's just uncontested kickoff i don't know i he has plenty of time to and the coaches i guess to to prove me wrong that it was a mistake to they should have tried and slipped him on the practice squad. Um, you know, maybe he will prove me wrong, but right now it looks like a fucking mistake. It just does. I think if uh, if they would have tried him in the practice squad, he probably would have been snapped up. Somebody would. Why? Somebody would based him. based on what? His preseason know. film? I don't know. I mean, running backs are kind of a diamond dozen. He didn't show anything in the preseason. He could have gotten snapped up, and that's you know that's the risk you take. But again. It, you chose to keep Brightwell in that event. You know, yeah. you could have kept Corbin and Gray and let Brightwell go. So, I don't know, man. I guess I guess, I guess it's one of those guys, he's on the margin on the roster, so it's not as, you know, it's not as season-changing or game-changing potentially, but it definitely seems like a miss, and we were definitely complaining about it early on in training camp. And uh, Well, look, I mean, uh, this is this is a game in which they were without two offensive linemen, their bet, one of their best best players in in Andrew Thomas. Um, And they're playing San Francisco, which has a great defense. They're a great team overall, probably in the top three in the NFC, if not, you know, number one. So whatever. But there's going to be a game in which Saquon Barkley is still out from his high ankle sprain where they will have the ability to run the ball. And Eric Gray will offer them nothing. And Jay Sean Corbin probably could have offered them something. That's all. You know what I mean? That's my frustration. And it's not like we couldn't foresee the possibility of Saquon Barkley getting hurt. It's only happened mm, every year. I mean, if he's still on this roster just because if he was a, you know, a draft pick to theirs and they didn't want to whiff on a draft pick so soon and get egg on their face, that's a problem. Yeah, I, I think mean, so. right now, if you know, Octum's razor, you know, for all the things like he's still on the roster because of something that none of us can see or, you know, this, you know, they have a plan for him in year two or year three, or what's the simplest explanation? Is they just blew it, and they don't want they don't want to save face. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not trying to throw this guy to the garbage a draft pick after only three games. That's not my point. I just think that there was roster mismanagement. That's all. Just the way they handled cutting down to the 53, they didn't force they they just didn't plan for this. I don't think, and it happened really early. Anyway, um, you know that's that's kind of the game. Uh, do you want to just whip around the NFC East? 
Uh, before we do that, okay. um, you know, you know, we are three games in, in into a 17 game season. And obviously we're one and two. I think we both had us. We did our pencils and pens at one and two at this point anyway. But I don't think we saw our, ourselves at this point of one and two, how we got there. I, I don't I wouldn't think um, what from what you've seen is kind of like a quarter pole review. How much of this do you see is is a victim of circumstance where, you know, based on who we played, based on the injuries, do you, can you get a fair sense of what this team can be this year? Or is it so muddled because of the injuries and because we played Dallas and because we played San Francisco that it's really tough to make heads or tails of anything that's happened so far at this point? I feel like I still have gotten nothing from this team. I, I don't I don't know shit about it. I'm still speculating what they could be because we didn't really play anybody in the preseason whatsoever. We, there was like one drive, and we all creamed our pants over it. Um, the, the Dallas game lasted all five seconds in the absolute pouring rain before all hell broke loose, and they were no longer playing their game anymore. Um, and then they were never healthy. You know, right after that, Arizona was a— Arizona was on the brink of disaster, but we'll kind of get into that, I think, in in a couple minutes. But I've seen very little that is encouraging, but I've seen very little that was anticipated to be the team and what they were trying to do. So, But we also knew that this was tough sledding right out of the gate. So I'm trying to keep everything in context. And, you know, like I said, there's the two ways I can look at this is I am incredibly, incredibly disappointed with the, the style of football I've seen. You know what I mean? Um, they they haven't looked good in, I would say, eight quarters. They have not looked good, and they've got maybe four quarters of, wow, that wasn't too bad, you know, mm-hmm. um, cumulatively through three games. Uh, it's not going to get any easier. No, I mean— That's the, the thing. I mean, we have Seattle. We have Miami. We have Buffalo. I mean, it's it's going to be darkest before dawn until you know we start getting healthy again too. And you know, it's it's you know, this this the record is you know it may take us out of our goals of you know are we are we going to try to make the playoffs or not? But uh, you know, there's a lot of football left, and we as we are still talking about this as a rebuild, we're not going to throw away the rest of the season just because you know playoff or bust. I mean, this team still has you know. 13 games, 14 games left where we want to see we want to see development by the secondary. We want to see if this offensive line we can come up with a combination once we finally get healthy or something that can, you know, are there parts that we can keep going forward or some guys we just have to replace and that's the end of it. So I'm with you. Um, you know, we've been dealt the worst possible hand between injuries, schedule, bad breaks, you know, in, in a game or something and just – it's up to this coaching staff to keep this team together. It just doesn't snowball into, you know, a wasted season like, you know, 2021 was or something. So let's see what this coaching staff – everybody kissed this coaching staff's ass last year. Now they have to start earning their money to, you know, see what they can do. Now they got to start spreading their cheeks. Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's I'm torn in half between – I'm supposed to be looking for improvement this year, uh, you know, as an – analyst i guess and then as a, as a fan in the moment i'm supposed to be looking at the the scores and the record and right now the record is right where i said it would be um 
the way they got there has not looked the way I wanted, though. Um, right. But but how could it? So let's let's stick with the Arizona theme because I think it's it's a good way to keep this relevant. Dallas lost twenty eight to sixteen to Arizona. I did not watch the entire game. I kind of had it on and bits and pieces, and I rewatched kind of like a quick highlights recap of it. Um, that said, hang on. Um, well, okay. How, how do you feel after having? Go ahead. Give me your thoughts. I mean, again, we tell ourselves this every single week, and then we forget about it every single week that this is a very hard league, and you know, you cannot assume anything. And, and like, oh well, they'll blow out Arizona, and they'll be four and one going into the X game or something. You know, funny things happen along the way. You lose, and uh, you know, kudos to Arizona. I mean, especially they were, what, a week removed from uh, blowing a, a massive lead to us and come back and beat, you know, allegedly one of the, you know, the three or four best teams in the league. Uh, you know, we've said this on the show a hundred times that uh, players don't tank. And uh, that was not an effort of a team that looked like they were tanking. So, you know, good job by them. Yeah, I, um, I guess I'm not shocked now. I mean, Dobbs had a lot more time to prepare for this game than he did with the Giants game. I mean, they made that decision pretty quickly right beforehand. Um, I think it's more sad. Did this illuminate anything to you that, like, the Giants scored zero points on the Dallas defense and uh, Arizona was able to put up four scores? No. That never— that. Well, I mean, I know they didn't have Trayvon Diggs, but, I mean, that Trayvon Diggs was not the— I don't remember him like showing up all over the stat sheet and the forty to nothing loss. I, I I think that week one was an anomaly. If they played that game eighty more times, you're not gonna get that same result again. Eighty more times. I think it was a a, a a snowball effect of things just getting out of control really quickly. You know, when you're up, you can pin your ears back and just go after the quarterback all all day if you want. Um, you know, and just playing in the rain. Yeah, playing in the rain uh, against a division rival, you know, you know, that's one of the three teams you know better than anybody else. Um, no, I, it, it frustrates, it, it frustrates me more that you know we look so incompetent against a division rival and a team we hate and everything. But uh, I, I'm trying to each week take each week individually as to say, well, this should have happened. Why is the transitive property really does not work? It does not work. No, 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 not no. At all. Um. Washington, who had just beaten Arizona before we did, got positively trounced by Buffalo, thirty-seven to three. Sam Howell had a particularly bad day. What did he have? Like four picks on this game. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, and that you know that was a lot of. I, I, I like Sam Howell. Give him a little bit. That's a lot of playing from behind and staring things down, young quarterback stuff. That was yeah. bad, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Buffalo is one of those teams where you don't know if they are really good or just a bunch of underachievers or what. And Buffalo is going to have games where they're going to look like they are Super Bowl contenders in other games. It's a scratch your head. Like, you know, they may go in and lose to the Jets <laughs> at some point later this year and be like, what the hell? And, and, uh, Josh Allen will look terrible. Then it'll look like games where you know, well, they they'll probably be the one seed or something. So, they're they're just they're just a tough team to figure out. Yeah, I think you know, I think they're a really good team. 
they need that momentum. And I, I, mm-hmm. they, they caught that momentum early in this game, and they were just able to run with it. A.J. Epinesa just completely sunning Sam Howell. That mm-hmm. interception right in his face. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's pretty rough. And uh, Philadelphia just took care of business in Tampa Bay, also in the pouring rain tonight. Uh, that game ended just before we started. Pretty much went how we expected. I thought maybe that Tampa would have a... Uh, Tampa gave them a little bit of a run early on in this game, but they just couldn't... They don't have the horses to keep up long term. And and Mike Evans can't just come down with every single pass that's 30 feet in the air from Baker Mayfield. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, there's two problems Tampa Bay has. Is One, they still have absolutely zero running game. And they have Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is has become the definition of bleh. He's just a guy who has a uniform and throws a ball. He's just, I mean, he stinks. And I don't understand why the Bucks wasted a high draft pick on Kyle Trask if they're going to bring in a guy like Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is not their future. They really don't have, I don't think, much of a present. I mean, don't be fooled by the 2-0 start. I mean, they beat teams that are combined 0-4 to this point. Um I had I bet on the under for Tampa Bay before the season began for wins, and I still feel confident about that, even though they won two games already this year. So Philly just looks like, and we were talking about this before we, we started recording the show, that uh, you know Jalen Hurts is like the perfect quarterback for what they're trying to do. And uh, you know, with that offensive line, those weapons, you know, this – unstoppable little uh, scrum they do on, on short yardage. Did you did you notice, Grump, towards the end of the game, they tried to do like a, a fake run the scrum and try to, to pass out of it? And he, he tripped tri- over a running back's feet. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was the first time Troy Aikman said anything, anything at all, that I was like, huh, it's a good point. Because most of the time he doesn't even make points. He just takes a very long time to describe to a blind person what you are seeing on the screen. Uh, yeah. And what he said was, you know, in a game like this, I would have kept that play in my back pocket for some time that mattered. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And out. I really would not. That He's 100% right. I didn't see that play coming, and that is just sheer dick swinging running that play in that moment. Oh, sure. I mean, that's – you know how I feel about that organization. I mean, that's – they are – they are the masters of the troll. So that was them just being assholes. They, they know that they had a stadium that was probably at that point in the game, 80% Eagle fans in there. Mm-hmm. I could hear them, you know, doing their stupid song and everything. So the one, the one line from the song, they know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, any, uh, w- 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 thinking right now, you know, best teams in the league right now, do you look at as, I don't know. I mean, what am I supposed to make out of Miami scoring 70 points? Uh, Am I supposed to make anything out of that? Uh, Is that just – is Sean Payton like – what's going on in Denver, man? Well, if you remember, we did our roundtable show before Mm -hmm. the season started with the Talking Giants crew, and I made two bold predictions. I said Dallas wouldn't make the playoffs. Probably going to make the playoffs. I'll, I'll, I'll eat that one. But it was supposed to be bold predictions. It's early enough. They could still not make it. Still possibly. And the other one was Russell Wilson will be benched at some point in this season. And everybody thought it was nuts. But if this team get, if this gets out of control this season and he's not playing well, I could definitely see that happening. 
And I'm, I'm going to stick with that one. What business does Sean Payton have getting testy with the reporters after that game? <laughs> He's a fucking asshole. He always, <laughs> he always has been. I remember, this is the guy that masterminded uh, Bounty Gate. No, sort of. Uh, he's the head coach. He's the, I'm, I'm not saying he's blameless, but I wouldn't say – you said masterminded. That sounds very Greg Williamsy. Yeah, he Greg Williams is the architect of it probably, but the, the – the, Who Who is the emperor and who is Vader in this situation? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not quite sure I'm following this. I, are I mean, you saying that he's Palpatine, Peyton? He, yeah, he, he told Vader, you know <laughs> – I have this plan, and he did the Jedi mind trick on him or something. Yeah, or, yeah okay. I don't know. But he's a dick. He, he always has been a dick. So, um, yeah. And then – not. I'm feeling really bad that he got his ass kicked. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, that said, we do have to play Miami uh, in a couple weeks, and uh, I'm really nervous because that's one of those ones where it's like – from a from a straight up personnel on paper standpoint, they're a good offense and we're a pretty good defense. But what that really is going to be is Mike McDaniel's versus Wink Martindale bringing pressure, and I just know that he's going to know exactly where to throw the ball on every single play. And they have all these creative no look inside shovel pass bullshit plays they ran in that game. I just know it's going to go badly. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be the one where you, you're going to see lots of breakdowns in, in the secondary, yeah. and that's where these rookies are going to show. And and you know, and it's it's we're not going to blame them because you know this they're still trying to catch their breath anyway. Just in the the, the speed of the NFL as it is, and you have this crazy, insane offense. Uh, exactly. I mean, the best thing that this team can do, and I, I know we're jumping ahead a game before we get to that, but the best thing, the best hope we can have is that. Saquon Barkley's back by then, and some offensive linemen's back, and we can control clock because if we can do that and keep them off the field, it's less chance of them to score. To answer your question about best teams in the league, um, it's tough, but uh, I think San Francisco is up there in conversation because they're the healthiest right now, are they not? I would say so. I mean, Philadelphia's got some guys hurt. Dallas just lost digs for the entire year. They're going to have to transition into something else. They're going to have to figure that out. Um, I guess we'll, Miami has to be in the conversation just for the fact. That's what that I mean. I, I It's too early. Yeah, it's too <laughs> early to, to really draw too many conclusions from one 70-point game, but uh, I can't ignore it. Certainly can't ignore it. Yeah. So I don't know. And, and who the hell knows what's going on with Cincinnati right now? Not what we expected. Yeah, I would not be surprised if they blow a 10-point lead with 243 left in the fourth quarter. Would you be surprised? No, not at all. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, as a Giant fan, what does that mean, who the best teams are not and everything? As a Giant fan, I would still focus on, you know, the season isn't over by any stretch, even though we're 1-2. and two. Um, You know, a wild card is certainly a possibility in this thing. Um this is get through this first third of the season, which is going to be brutal. And as a giant fan, let's, let's see how things are developing. Let's see if we can get the secondary start to grow. Let's see if we can get this offensive line figured out. Let's see, you know, if we get Jalen Hyatt. Oh, that, that, that's something I guess I, I wanted to talk about really quickly. The lack of 
targets and really the how the hell are you gonna ta- how are you gonna how are you gonna target him in this game? Well, I mean, does everything have to be a forty yard bomb to him? Yes, right now. That's all he knows. All he knows is just running, you know, deep post patterns or, or deep flies. We can't use him. Can't get him at all involved. He doesn't look good taking the ball from behind the line of scrimmage. I can tell you, he only really looks good right now with a full head of steam. Mm-hmm. So he's not—he is not a sideline to sideline guy to me. So it makes getting the ball to him in anything other than deep shots, or he's going to get that intermediate work later on when the offense is able to open up more and we're able to showcase more of the other guys. But right now, it's not there. So you don't even think even as a decoy is just like a wasted time of a decoy? No, the, they had him out there. He ran a few I plays. Think, he, I, think he had, I think he had nine snaps. How many snaps did you want to get? I mean, how many snaps did they even have altogether? 30? 40? 40 40-something? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, this game, they really they were concentrating on keeping max protection in for Daniel Jones, and I can't blame them for that. You know, I'd, I'd say that at the top is is keeping Daniel Jones alive out of this game more important in week three. I think it is. So, especially for a guy that's it's only his third game too. I mean, you're really going to risk Daniel Jones' life on the thought that maybe Jalen Hyatt can do something you don't really even know he can do yet. Yeah, but even maybe even like on plays where it's like a, a second and one or something where you're not expecting to get you know, you know. They didn't a, have any of those. I guess we didn't. <laughs> I don't know what. Yeah, they didn't have any second and ones, so I can tell you that. Yeah. Um, whatever. The the point is now that this this game is over. They are still at the record we expected them to be at. The Giants have a very pivotal game coming up Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. By very pivotal, I mean it's going to bite them in the ass later if they don't do well. It's not urgent, uh, like playoffs or bust. But still, very important game Monday night against the Seattle Seahawks. We will continue to have our normal preview coverage on Friday morning on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify and Google Play. So be sure to like, subscribe, tell a friend about the Just Giant show on all of those platforms and on Twitter and as well us at Football underscore Grump, at The Cranky Fan. And uh, we will see you all Friday morning. Till then, go Giants. Go Giants.